1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Mark and Heidi, the other Demilios. I'm uh, Mark, and Heidi's eating right now. So when she's finished, she will, I'm sure, say a few words to everyone. But I'll take this part over right here whenever you're ready, huh? Look, I get it. You got to get your, your meals in. But we, you know, the podcast doesn't stop. for a little hunger pain. Got to keep it moving.
2: You know, Mark.
1: Oh, look at when you.
2: I'm, when you're eating cleanly. Is that a word you get hungrier more often and i had a big big breakfast but wow. here we are i got hungry we were here for a while so hi i'm, I'm heidi i'm so happy i'm to be
1: intermittent here. fasting <laughs> i don't even know what that means but i intermittent fast between meals but i happen to have a meal every that's two hours Okay,
2: i, got, I, I don't think
1: that's doing. what it means
2: i think it's a di- that's different
1: All right, so we're going to talk um, about PR, a.k.a. public relations. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Let's do it. So I had a publicist when I first started my clothing company because I wanted to get information out there. It was a different time, people. It was a much different time. 20 years ago, the only way you can get real publicity was to do advertising there wasn't youtube there wasn't any social social media media. and so what the publicists would do is they would kind of sit and brainstorm and talk about what's going on with your business and then they would reach out to all the different magazines and newspapers and kind of conjure up some stories not make things up take things that were pretty interesting and highlight them a little bit and i got a lot of really cool press back then Mm -hmm. from ink magazine to articles that I'm still really proud of that were, were, were pretty cool, but it was definitely the publicist coming in and looking at our business. And so I'm a big believer in, in a publicist. As I say that one of the things I don't like about what we do and being in the public eye is you have to think of every single word that comes out of your mouth. While I'm saying these words, that are coming out of my mouth right now. I'm making sure that not that I'm not going to say anything that I, that I think is going to be hurtful to people. I just want to make sure that I that what I'm trying to say isn't misunderstood. And I think that that happens a lot. And I hate that. I wish that you can't just say what's on your mind. And if you're if you ruffle some feathers, you say "my bad, I'm sorry," and you move on. It kind of, kind of stays with you a while, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Yeah, I know. I think about those people that uh, will say or do and or do anything, and I'm like, they just don't care, or they're just that's their brand, maybe. But I do think about their publicists. Like
1: we used to well, drive we go again. We used to drive our management and Publicists pretty crazy early on because I was always saying we're not going to change for everybody, we're gonna, yeah, they wanted us to,
2: yeah, be a little more. I don't even know what I don't even know, I can't even think. But I remember like almost just wanting us to make it look a certain way better than. More polished,
1: I guess that's a word. I, I think that's probably I mean, like, but we're more not.
2: Like we don't know what we're doing. We are trying to figure it out. And we don't want to act like we're we know <laughs> like that. So like, we're just gonna keep it real like that.
1: The tough part is I think people the general public wants to get the get to know the a person in their truest form. And I want people to know me in my truest form, but with that, they'll take something's small and run with it and have it de- de- define you sometimes so you're sitting there like and sometimes the just the mess the the slip of the tongue isn't worth it so you end up or, looking. Or,
2: or what about even like um how the four of us joke around together me you and dixie and charlie yes. like that that we have done that and people are like oh you're so mean to your your kids or you you like this one more than that one, like so ridiculous that we have to get PR involved. I'm like, uh, how is this even how is this even a thing right now? And if if people would really see like I think in the bloopers they posted, it shows a lot more of like the silly side of us and just how our kids are funny. And it's like after. Like now that they're getting older, like their humor is just getting even more and more quick and they just, but we can take it. Like right. that's just how we joke around. And we're... My
1: my friends say that they don't think I come across the right. They don't, they don't think I come across like me on, on the show and the show or, or in social media in general. And I I definitely want to do, I want to do more of that. I think this, you, this podcast probably gets...
2: More of us. us. More
1: more yeah. of us. And I think as I get more comfortable, and if we decide to do a second season of the show, I, d- I definitely want to put it out there because we did the show so people could get an understanding of who we are. And I think the girls, I think for the first season, the girls got the point across that, like, look, this is... This is although this is everybody's dream... It's, it's, there, there's some things, there is some negativity behind it. And I think on the, if we decide to do a second season, we'll definitely show more of the, the lighthearted stuff, but you're right. That bloopers reel was the (laughs) like, like, we should do a show just like that. Cause that's really what it's like in our house.
2: But the thing is, I mean, yeah, at the time it was definitely uh, highs and lows and more of the intense stuff was shown, but at the same time, that was, that was what was happening in our world at that time. And there was a lot of like intense emotional stuff going on. So that during that time was probably not, I mean, obviously we had some fun and there was a lot of positivity and good, great things going on, but it was a heavy time for our family and go and, and helping the kids go through that. And so, I I mean, I get why it turned out the way it did and we're all happy with it. Like, I think we can all agree that we were happy with it, but there are, um, yeah, even during that time, but, there was a lot of fun. And, but like, I still silliness. think
1: about that. If you put, if you use a a 100% number, I still think that even though we're learning all the, having all these new experiences, and and it was COVID, and everybody was on their phone, and everybody was hyper focused on on the girls. I still think it was probably seventy to eighty percent good times, yeah. and twenty percent. And, 20% and well,
2: know. as a mom, I feel like when you have those heavy times with your kids, when they're, they're, your kids are going through something, that just sticks with your in your heart. <laughs> so it does seem more than you know, yeah. like. It's so emotional and you're so, you know, kind of when you don't know what to do to help and you're trying to figure that out, that's that's that stays with you. So right. I feel like that, although I know I'm smart enough to know, I know that wasn't the majority of our life, but it feels so heavy yeah. and, it, and it feels so good because they've come so far and it's not heavy like that anymore. Like it's few and far between where they have days like that. So
1: Right, and even though the show was a documentary and it was unscripted, you still you couldn't. It's still you're filming, so you just couldn't walk with a camera crew down the street. There's all <laughs> kinds of rules, and we would come home after a really fun night that we're we had we had such a blast. And the next day, we would say to Sarah, who was a showrunner, "Oh man, you should have you, you, you missed last night. It was so much fun." And she's like, "I wish I was there," but they just couldn't get me. yeah they couldn't get the permits so i think hopefully if we do season 2 they'll get to see and i think the girls want to show that that side too it mm-hmm. is a different time that we were filming the show 9 months ago
2: yeah
3: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: I will say there are things that I think my public persona is much different than who I am, and I would love to, to work on that. Like, there's sometimes... I'll, I'll say something and like, I am very sarcastic. I'm also extremely compassionate and I get sad and sensitive, not sad, sensitive of things. And people wouldn't like, I cry. I do. I get like, I can see something and it gets me really emotional things tug at my heartstrings And I, I think that people think we're a lot more calculated (laughs) and, and a lot, tougher than we actually are i do think we were i set up my life to just kind of enjoy it and have fun and and understand that life is short and it just doesn't i don't come across that way in my public persona and mm-hmm. i don't even necessarily have, have thought about it enough to say okay well i'm going to start doing more tiktok videos telling this or mm-hmm. more of youtube videos to showing that
2: going back to the show and it was a documentary of what was happening at the time. And it's like, you know, there was so many positive and fun things going on too, but it's like, and, and people asked about that, like, well, why didn't you show this or that or whatever? And the reason is, is there's only so many hours that of airtime. <laughs> like there's, yeah. like, we can't show anything. Cause how do you, like, it has to tell a story, and it has to make sense, and you can't just throw a bunch of things on. Okay, here it you, is. You're
1: basically talking, taking nine months of your life and narrowing it down to, it's four hours, eight yeah, episodes. Yeah,
2: exactly. Of, well, not nine months. was it wasn't well, like
1: yeah. six. I mean, from the time we started, all right, yeah, six months. Yeah. But, of but, filming,
2: of filming time. Yeah. Yeah, so you can't, you can't put meeting, everything in there. Meeting. Oh, yeah, from when we first started talking about it, Yeah.
1: You know, right. and we we didn't know it was going to go, like, we didn't, know, we just said, hey, we're going to do a documentary series on us. But we didn't know what it was going to entail. Yeah. Necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. For sure. So.
2: I mean, it, it was kind of like, well, we didn't want it to be, okay, we're going to set up these scenarios. Like, we wanted it to just be our life. And that's kind of just what it was. But with that being said, there was a lot more life to us than what you saw because that was only 4 hours worth of stuff.
1: Right. And oh, the other thing that we can't do is we have microphones and we always have music playing in the oh, in the house and that, that kind of set is, the yes. tone at our Connecticut house. We we, you know, we I remember my have mom dance parties singing and 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 we had sono speakers throughout the house in Connecticut and we had microphones and there's videos of, of us around the holidays. Everybody's just getting up on, on the mics. And we could not do that because you have to get clearance for, for the, the music, for the music. So that
2: is, I feel like that in itself changes our whole house when the music is on. And like how many times we were, we would rap, like the be the end of the day and the film crew's leaving and we crank the music and they're like oh because they know they can't record that because of the music right it's such a bummer because that is such a big part of our life and the dance and then the island the kitchen island becomes a the uh stage and the the microphone and the whole thing it's such a Yeah, even
1: at whose was it dixie's Charlie?
2: birthday
1: dixie's birthday at our house remember we had we had the microphones. It wasn't on the show, but that was one oh. time when when we were
2: Oh when... yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like people from Dixie's record label there that are all really good singers, so they're on the mic. Yeah. It was so fun. It's always a part of our life. So I'm the designated backup dancer. You, and I'm happy to be
1: that. You you definitely are. So do you like having a publicist and do you think PR is necessary?
2: Um I mean, I feel like if you want to grow and, um, you know, they have relationships with different outlets, depending on what you want to pursue, you know, for Dixie, fashion was important to her. And, um, you know, having a PR firm that is has great relationships with the big fashion houses is important. So it's like, yeah, I do think I do think to level up at a certain point, it is very important. And I also think and you could tell more that this is like there's two different kind of pr is one is kind of like what we have and then there's another type when you're like cr- like crisis management yeah so our pr firm doesn't really do like i mean little things like th- like sometimes there's something comes out and it's just a an some outlet and they pro- have to do a video or a, an article and that's just like straight up lies or whatever it is. And we're like, and they'll tend to like stuff like
1: that, but yeah, yeah. they tend to. So there is two things. There's the, there's the offensive publicist that's going out and kind of marketing you because over the last year, Dixie and Charlie have been pretty popular. It's, they are kind of fielding things more than actively going out and pursuing things. Um, really on the crisis management side, there are other publicists that handle those kind of things i mean those are for when you're involved in someone's involved in a crime or something like that or gets really our publicist just kind of looks at stuff as been there done that seen this before mm-hmm. it'll pass because mm-hmm. most of the stuff that we have going on is i mean if you think about it like the the controversy the major controversy we has dixie ate a snail mm-hmm. i mean that's that's and, and we, but we sit there and we take it to heart because we're so new at this mm-hmm. that it's tough when, when you're seeing all these negative things and you want, you have a publicist and you're just like, fix it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah. dude, this It'll isn't. Pass. It's- like, it's
2: not worth it to put attention to it. And I think that they've been good at that. Like certain things, like don't bring any more attention to it by like addressing it. Although we want to like speak our mind and be like oh no why are you saying these things this is awful and uh they're like just please don't say (laughs) just leave it alone
1: yeah because if you there's two things that happen when you comment one is uh, is you get the person to say how many times have you saw this i i never thought you would see that that, yeah and the next thing out of their mouth is i was just kidding Mm -hmm. i never thought you'd see it i was just kidding i love you guys that's the, so that, that's the one thing that happens all the time. Or if you respond to something, it just takes a life of its own. So I just, I just shut it. I'm like, look, I, I can tell now what happens. If there's something that, if there's a comment or something and it starts to get some steam, I go, dude, this is the life we've, we've chosen for whatever reason. And, and tomorrow there'll be another video out and I don't even worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, I say it's been a slow process. It's only been, has it been two years? And it's, we're getting a little bit better about that stuff. But PR has definitely been helpful with that because you feel like, you know, although it's four of us and we can bounce things off of each other, we're all new to this. So they've been doing this and with clients for years and they, they, see how you know there's really nothing that they are like okay this has never happened before you know they've pretty much seen it all and can kind of help us through all those things
1: i agree to an extent but i do think there are things where it used to just show up in like a negative story or hearsay would show up on page six in the post now it's instantaneous it goes Mm. across tiktok and the And we get to see it before they do. Like, they don't monitor things the way we monitor it, and especially, like, other people on our team. And we're almost – we see the stuff first because we're early to it because we're either on the app, and then then we get to them. And then nine times out of ten, they're like, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And usually they're right.
2: But it was a hard um, decision to finally go through with getting PR. Remember, we were kind of at that – crossroads and our whole team was like I mean our team was kind of small at the time but they were like you should really do PR you should really do PR and we were just kind of like we have so many like there's so much coming at us right now we don't want like how do we even there's not enough hours in the day like to figure out all of that but that was what they were great at figuring it out and making it make sense like there's certain things like Let's do this in this order, you know, or, you know, let's do this before we do that because it'll lead to bigger things. So I think for that, but, I, you know, it's it's definitely, you know, it's a it cost and it's, you know, part of the the business. And does it make sense? It's a hard decision to make to finally say, yeah, let's do that.
1: Yeah. And I think to your point was my, like what I said earlier, when I first hired a PR firm, it was to get me publicity. And I think what we were thinking about is, well, why would we hire someone now to get us publicity right. when we can't handle, I mean, we had all kinds of news, news outlets trying to work, talk to us. And we just, mm-hmm. not that we were blowing them off. We just didn't have enough time in the mm-hmm. day. So I didn't understand what? that part of it, but really what, so yeah, yeah. Let's kind of break it down the way I see it. So if you hire a public a publicist to kind of craft your 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 business profile and what you're you know what you're trying to do, whether you're a chef or whatever,
3: mm-hmm.
1: that publicist will offensively reach out to um, food magazines and and build stories that are all true. Mm-hmm. Just just kind of craft your story and present it to uh to media outlets so mm-hmm. that that's that's one side of it two is kind of like where we are where our our publicists, we have a lot of people coming at us and they kind of put it all kind of figure out which ones makes the most sense for for us and and say hey Heidi this this you're you're doing x y and z we think this Outlet would be good for you mm-hmm. connecting us with other podcasts connecting us with mm-hmm. with other things. So that's kind of where we are and then the the third part of it would be to meet be basically kind of when things get tough or there's something out there like we talked about earlier they kind of handle handle a negative story or a false story mm-hmm. and work work through that and give you guidance, right? Yeah. We don't deal with our publicist kind of handles all that for us there there are people that that they would recommend if there was a crisis situation they don't right. really handle crisis stuff right
2: yeah shout out to Kate and Nicole
1: yeah i think for, for us in our world it doesn't necessarily have to get into the new york times or newsweek it actually mostly doesn't but there are levels of when things start out where it's it starts out just as someone made a tiktok And then it'll go to like, it'll get to a T page and then there'll be YouTube videos about it. So it it almost gets, it's just the level, it doesn't have to get into mainstream news. It could get in YouTube and, but overall, the overall um, eyes and, and people it touches could be way bigger than the New York Times circulation and never make it to the New York Times because There's some things that I think newspapers and, and real media outlets have a standard. And if it's kind of hearsay or something like that, they won't go down that road. Whereas a kid who wants to do a YouTube video about whether we did, whether some allegation about us is true or false, it could get, get legs. So I almost... Rather it go into a, into a true news media outlet because at least there's some checks and balances and there's some real journalism there as opposed to it takes a, a, just a, a, a viral type um, situation where it just goes and it's on TikTok and then on YouTube, and then, and then some other um, T pages or other YouTube quote unquote media outlets get, get into it. Right, I mean, yeah. that's how it is for me. Yeah, because it, it, because it could get a a false story could get legs, and where and you, you and can't. it'll never get on CNN, but it still gets as many views or as much
2: eyes on it, eyes yeah. on yeah. it, yeah, and ears. Yeah, and I ears. agree with that.
0: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: But talking about um other you know lining us up with other podcasts, what how do you like um going on other people's podcasts?
1: I like it. Because, Me too. Because it's depending on what kind of podcast it is, um, not depending whether I like it or not. I just, there's certain things like there was one I did that was about being, being a father, being a dad and mm. that, and it's just, it, they all dads go on that show. And that was really cool. Um, you've been on podcasts that I think you actually love the people that have actually yeah. been on their podcasts and we've built relationships with them, which is really
2: cool. Yeah. I, I It's so weird. Not weird. It's great. Like people, a lot of times it's people I've already followed or at least knew about. And then um, so to get to know them, it's just kind of like a fun little chat session. And then it just happens to be being recorded or some of them are filmed. And uh, but we all stay in touch and we like I follow their stories and their family life and different things like that. So it's been really nice to like connect with these mostly for the ones that i've done solo without you uh were I, I think pretty much all women and um it's just been really cool and kind of seeing their journeys and learning from them because i'm always trying to always learn something from everyone so um it's been like great for me to get in front of other audiences but also like just personally i i'm like getting to meet these women that are doing cool things and learning from. So that's been, I really like going on other podcasts.
1: I was on the token CEO podcast with Erica. That was great. And she and I were friends prior to going on it. And, and she kind of has has seen my whole, our whole journey. Um, I want to do more podcasts in the area of things that I, that I, that I like or I know about, like Mm -hmm. with the, Stuff around clothing or a sp- sports license or license business and mm-hmm. things where I actually I do find it a little s- not strange. I just don't want to necessarily go on a podcast because we're we're because our kids are mm-hmm. are famous. I want to have I want to give something to the audience and and like I would totally go on a podcast if they were talking about kind of like what we talk about, like giving people guidance on. Mm-hmm on social media, as on certain things I've grown to be an expert in. And, and I think as we go down this journey, we are starting to become not an authority, but we definitely have a good knowledge base of how to navigate Mm -hmm. through this, which is so new. So I like talking about stuff like, like that, that's actually could help other people, but I would love to get more involved in in business type podcasts around what I do on a daily basis. Cause I still do have a day job.
2: Um, yes, you do. Uh, you know, who is my newest, um, favorite podcast. Tell me. I think you've, I think you've seen it. Cause I sent you something. Drum roll. A Drum roll. Uh, Colin and Samir. Yes. Love their podcast. Shout out to them. I would love to be on there. Um, the, if you're like, getting into this social media business you should watch their podcast so much great information and it's interesting because like they did a whole piece on our show was it on this show yeah yeah and I found it interesting and very accurate for never have met never having met them and I feel like they're very smart when it comes to social media and growing. And so.
1: And they it. didn't. What was cool about it is they they, they gave a true depiction which of the, their opinion mm-hmm. on it. And it wasn't, like, overly um, positive. Like, like, I'm not sitting there going, yeah. oh, man, I love those guys because they say great no. stuff about us. Yeah. I just thought they – their thought process yes. was really well thought it was well thought out and smart the way they mm-hmm. handle things. And I watched a, I f I've watched and listened to a couple others of them.
2: Yeah, I just think they are very uh they're they're not there to to praise or bash. They're just telling like based off of their knowledge of social media and how it works, like their opinion. And I think they do a really good job of um you know telling that story of whoever it is they're talking about so anyway that would be one i would like to be on was there one you would like to be on like specifically
1: joe rogan yeah might as well well go for the yes
2: (laughs) he's like the holy grail right yeah he seems like he seems so intense though i don't know if i could do his he seems like a little scary for me yeah but, like, I mean, we've always listened to him and watched his stuff, so I, I, I do like him. I remember... Do you remember that show he was on? Fear Factor? No, I'm going way back. It was an office show. No. It was a show. It was, it was like, a comedy oh, on really? TV based in a, an office. I can't even remember the name of it, but I used to love him on that.
1: Really? Was like, And then we used to watch Fear now. Factor all the time.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: So, I think that... As you're coming up, I think that press is really important because you, as you're trying to build your brand, it it definitely gives you, um, it gets you out. It, it, it has, it's good because it gets your name out there, but you also have a second pair of eyes. Sometimes you can't internalize what you're doing right and what you can't look at yourself honestly and look at what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong and sometimes it takes another person who has the experience who actually does this for a living to sit there and say wow do you know this aspect of your career or what you're doing is really interesting let's focus on that and Mm -hmm. the person might look at look at it and say wait what are you that's that's easy for me and we're like no that's what you should be talking
2: about <laughs> wait so. i have a question so when you you were a small business owner back in the day when you had started your clothing company and i mean you know it was expensive and to to like running a business is expensive and trying to get get your name out there and grow so i how do you how do you even like make that decision to add that to your budget to like it's like you need like to, you know to grow and to make more money and to run your business it you need it, but how do you like how do you work it in?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll even give you the the math on it. It was so the ways to get your brand out there this is was before you, let, let's say you have your website and all your socials and your you have a photographer and all that, but before all of that, you had an option was to buy advertising, right? And you, so you would go to a magazine and say, Hey, how much for a full page ad? And it could be anywhere from the magazines we were dealing with from $15,000 for an ad for a full page color Mm -hmm. to, you know, there are some that I remember being a quarter of a million and we were competing with these companies who had that ability. So this, other way you get into a magazine is through editorial, working with telling a story, and and that's where the publicist came in. So you mm-hmm. can do the math pretty quickly and say, all right, well, we don't have $100,000 a month to spend on advertising, mm-hmm. but we have $5,000 a month. How do we – and that's basically what I did, and mm-hmm. that – publicist ended up going out there and and getting me into those magazines from an editorial side got not it. from an ad- advertising side and then once they did some editorial on you you'd get somebody from the from from advertising sales would hit you up and say oh i just saw that that's oh. a great article and we're like nope we're still broke we can't do that ad but let's. oh,
2: they wanted you to buy advertising yeah, space got right. it got it I feel I mean, obviously with social media and collabing with other people, bigger creators, this, that. Like, I feel like you could prolong PR, but there is a point. I think if people aren't sure, am I at a point? Like, I don't know. I feel like it almost is obvious when you're in that position. Like you're not getting, you're not leveling up, right? You're you've you've collab- you've collaborated with Lots of big people, people that are bigger than you, people in different audiences, whether it's podcast or, you know, YouTube or whatever, you've kind of exhausted all your efforts and you're still at that same level. I think that's when it's time for PR and then they can like kind of help you level up from there. What do you think?
1: No, I look at it the other way. I I think that once you have where you're in a situation where people want to collab with you and, and brands are looking at you, I think you're off to the races. What I would look at is doing it earlier on to get you into a bigger publication or to get you some, get some recognition out there because then all of a sudden when you're, then you could take that article from XYZ magazine or XYZ, um, blog or, or website, and then you tweet it, and then all of a sudden you start to you can tag people in it, and you start to build your own um, brand earlier. Earlier,
2: I see I, that right.
1: that's the way I would.
2: I mean, I guess it's just if you could afford it or not.
1: Yeah, and then you have to, you know, you have to. But I mean, that's a hard conversation you could have with a with not even a hard conversation. That's a conversation you have with a publicist and just say, hey, look, right now this is where I am Mm -hmm. and what's your rate. And, and maybe you can negotiate something or negotiate something where you pay a certain rate for, for six months or you, or you sign a a longer deal. Let's say instead of a month to month, you go six months. Mm -hmm. And then after six months, you, if you obtain, attain these certain criteria or these certain milestones, then you extend it. And I think, you know, those are, those are some ways you can do it. But I do think, having professional eyes from a public relations standpoint is important.
2: Yeah, because I think when you're early on and you're trying to grow, like you might align with brands that, not that it's bad, it's just not the direction you want your brand to be going in. And sometimes it's hard to undo that, I guess, right? Yeah. You know? And then the other thing, do you want to talk about your publicist and how you've, from, what year was that?
1: Yeah, so that was probably... I mean 2003 I I, th- I think we said we almost met we were we've been together we we knew each other for 20 years so I ended up getting a publicist who was um a newer firm at the time called 5WPR and the owner's name was Ron and he had just started his company and we had uh it was v- extremely helpful with my clothing brand he had a great team around us um, Tracy was a woman who was the, the, my lead publicist. And I did that for a few years and we got our name out there. And then I I stopped with a, with a publicist at that point. So then last month we were in New York <laughs> city and I'm still, I, I don't talk with Ron that, that often, but I follow him still on social media and we're Facebook friends and we ran into each other in New York city and he has daughters who knew who Dixie Charlie was, and he was just so excited and happy. He was like, "I've been following you," and and then he told me where Tracy's working now, and we had we had a, a, a reunion, and it was so funny that he couldn't believe how where where we are, and I was <laughs> and I and I was just as excited about him. So Ron and Five WPR, he's mentioned in the New York Post constantly as being. PR guru is really? like, uh, you, you know, and he's in page six on in the New York post all the time. So really good guy and was very instrumental in, in helping me craft my message, my clothing brand's message. And, and so cool that we met, we met him again a month ago in New York city. And
2: then you talked to Tracy, right?
1: Yes. So, um, and then he connected me back on a text with Tracy. So it was, it was, it was really cool. That's I cool. love the fact that, I have tried to do, do a good job maintaining relationships with people that I've worked with throughout throughout the years, and and people that have worked with me through my clothing brand, Mad Sole. I mean, Greg Keller, who has been a good friend of mine for twenty years. He's out in L.A. now, so we we connect. So I, I I'm a big believer in 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 not. Not burning bridges, not ending relationships poorly, and even something like that, like with PR, you might not, you might not need PR forever. But we ended the relationship in a way where I was just like, "Hey, man, we're thanks for all your help. We're going in this direction. I think we're we're good getting our story out there. People know who we are," and and that was it. So that's cool. Yeah. Did you ever have a publicist? No.
2: For what? I wasn't that big <laughs> to do anything. I mean, I was modeling, but no, I didn't have
1: a publicist. Did you have an agent?
2: Yeah, I had an agent. I yeah. had well, I had an agency that I worked with in Louisiana. We had a, a, a location in Lafayette and in New Orleans. So we'd work between there, but then regionally we would work. And then when I moved to New York, I wasn't signed with like one agency exclusively. Um, I had one that was more of like a sports you know I worked out I had like more of an athletic build yeah so they did that for me and then other ones were just covered other things just more like commercial look type stuff and so I had I worked with three but they were all really great and they had good teams with them and so I never needed to go outside of that like between the three of them they were all really good so
1: yeah. Go ahead. You know what I think was what we should do with the show, because I do like this format of telling people um, and shout out to our producers who, who thought about the idea to talk about public relations. I do think it's interesting to tell the story on all the other people that we work with. Like, do you need them like I didn't know. Eighteen months ago, I didn't know what the difference between a manager, manager and an, an agent. agent is.
2: Yes, I remember what having the, that conversation.
1: Should you have a business manager? Should you have an attorney? Mm-hmm. What What are all those What are those fees look like? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I've always been directing kind of the young people that I work with because what you'll hear a lot is I'm not going to pay a manager ten percent, uh, but ten percent of nothing is nothing, and mm-hmm. I think you got to look at where we get into a situation where the where we have to pay an attorney, a business manager, all these people. But as they grow the pie three, four times, mm-hmm. those fees don't hey, become as big of a deal. Right. And I think if we just kind of outline all all those things, it'd be really interesting. And a lot of
2: agencies have everything there that you need. So you're not going outside to get an attorney or whatever. They have people in-house. So, yeah. you know, it might be... Yeah, but we could talk more in detail about that and next
1: time. Yeah, I think because because we, we were just kind of talking about us learning under, just learning this business under fire, and and I feel like I've been doing this as long as I've been doing the clothing business, and I've been in the clothing <laughs> business for for thirty years. We've just we've just learned so much so quickly, made a lot of mistakes, but. M- But I think we've done a lot of things really, really good. I do think my business experience prior to this helped out a lot just because I, with the clothing business, I always try to figure things out on my own. And with this business, I was like, all right, I'm going to learn this, but I'm not going to learn it overnight. So what do we need? And then I I asked so many questions and I relied less on myself trying to do it on my own and more Mm -hmm. being a sponge and, and, and talking and saying,
2: but you like the common thing is for, you know, for your brands that you had in, in, as far as clothing and your sales agency, like you knew what the, you understood that world of branding and you know, what it takes and what's, what do you need? Like, what are the things? And some things are just like, maybe the next person might be like, oh, what, what's the point of that? It's just like to to look, you know, like a logo, like right. a, a personal logo. Like, that's your thing. Why not do it? It's part of the story, you know, and it becomes like recognizable to you. And over time, it's going to be so important. And so it's those little things that you were always good at, even when the girls started all this. So
1: I think it's, I, I would look at it as as building uh, a putting building a building right like and I think what we why we've been successful is we didn't know whether we're building a two-story house or a skyscraper but we knew that whatever wherever we're, we're going up we should have a strong foundation mm-hmm. and I think that's what where I think my business experience and my brand experience said okay let's get oh, let's get let's get an LLC put together. Let's get Mm -hmm. a, let's make separate corporations. Let's put brand, let's put logos together. Let's get, you know, let's make sure we have all of our URLs together. Like all those things built a strong foundation so we could go up and, and let's talk about that other, that also, that could be a great topic, like how to get this started.
2: And, and when you were just saying like, for someone that's just starting out, whether it's just business or social media, which, to me, they're intertwined, is you don't have the money, right? But there's always a place. You know, even if you're in college, there's going to be a film department, (laughs) right? That's you know, and then you tag them; they tag you. You know, you get the work; they you, they get a tag, and then you grow together. You never know where that relationship could end up.
1: Absolutely. And- so
2: it's like all those little things that I think it's hard to even figure out when you're starting, but this every everything is closer to you than you think it is. And
1: we documented the. I think what's cool what we did, looking back on it, is we documented the journey. Because so I remember posting TikTok videos of when Travis first did. Dixie's logo and then Charlie's logo we actually made so it almost brought people into like how we were creating the, BTS. the this behind the scenes of and, and and it wasn't to be like hey we're we're geniuses it was more like hey this is what we're doing what do you guys think do you like it is it cool and no
2: but that was that was that comes with your 30 years of business experience and starting brands and businesses and that's how you start all of them huh is that way and you did it it was the exact same thing like that was just part of the deal like let's that's just how your mind works with everything you know make it let's let's brand it properly start from the ground up yeah so good job oh thanks i appreciate it um thanks to align pr and kate nicole we love you guys they're our pr team and they're always super super Great people and great to work with. Yes,
1: and but Kate is not a stylist because oh. there was
2: <laughs> Kate Bailey a lot yeah. of
1: conversation on TikTok that um, people thought Kate Bailey was actually a stylist, but she's the our our publicist. Wait,
2: and the girl said, "It's just weird. She doesn't post on her Instagram, uh, and she's a stylist. I just find that weird to me." And the funny thing is, Kate Bailey. First of all, she's beautiful. She has every aesthetic picture. In her camera roll. She usually she does stories, but she hasn't posted on Instagram in a year or something like that. And so this girl thinks she's a stylist. She hasn't posted in a year.
1: But I love so how the girl funny. came back and just was like, I can't believe, believe I didn't. I, did. yeah. I could have just searched it. And she was just like, because it made yeah she she just seemed like really down to earth and i thought it was super cool that she
2: she just, came back around it was, was like, like cuz people in the comments i think were saying that's what's tough it's like you know that's we deal with that you know you say something and thinking whatever like in just in the moment and it, it the fact was wrong and so it's already out there like you know so even for her in the, her account and she was feeling the heat and so she had, she went back and re you know told her said what it really was so right. so it was funny
1: so cool man well that is the end of this uh, really really nice episode Heidi thank you so much no thank
2: you here. you're great
1: thanks um I'm Mark Damilio, and you can follow me at Mark Damilio on most of my socials. And you
2: can follow me at Heidi Damilio. And thanks for listening. Bye,
1: everyone. Have a great day. Bye. Mark and Heidi, the other Damilios, comes to you from Ramble, a Cadence Thirteen Studio.
2: You can listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Oh.